Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, Heidi Gennaro is on the line with us now. Heidi, welcome back to the program. Uh, another good be- uh, debate performance last night. Do you think that's going to help your campaign? Well, thanks, Leland. I hope so. I, I love calling him out on all the lies he's telling and dodging the actual data. He talks about being a reality-based candidate and the data-based um, you know, decision maker, and yet he's ignoring lots and lots of data, all the bad stats that you talked about earlier. Well, and you, you talk about data-based. It's interesting that um, while we didn't shut down as badly as some other states, we continued to stay shut down, even though the data coming out of that was telling us it was the wrong move to make. And we continued. And to my knowledge, he's just recently um, extended or at least hasn't revoked his own emergency powers, uh, despite the fact that it's clear that America is ready to move on from the pandemic. You know, Jared Polis has put in place over 500 executive orders since he started as governor, and 350 of those, or about that, are public health related. There is no reason for us to still be under an emergency order. It's just a power grab. It's a way to control us, and it's a way to do his dirty work through his bureaucrats, his boards and commissions, his unelected folks. I'm going to play another highlight from last night's debate, if you don't mind. And then I want to get your comment on this. You went straight at Polis about auto thefts, which were number one in the country. Her answer to every question is Jared Polis, Jared Polis. Uh, I think what we need to do is deliver more funding for law enforcement, not cut the funding for the state (laughs) patrol in half. We increased the budget for the Colorado Bureau of Investigations, and we also are sending grants out to local police and sheriffs. Jared, we are number one in auto theft. Number one in auto theft in the country. Number two in fentanyl deaths under your watch. And part of this, too, Heidi, is... Is because, and I know personally people that used to be police officers in this state who literally left recently because of the changes to qualified immunity. They went to Texas where they were going to be treated differently. They were going to have somebody that was going to have their back. And they said, look, we're tired of feeling like nobody has our back while we put our lives on the line when all we want to do is make our community safer and get home to our families at night. And it didn't seem like the state legislature of Colorado nor the leadership of our state cared about that. So for him to sit there and say, I want to fund the police more, you can fund it all day long, but if nobody wants to work here because they don't feel like anybody has their back, we're going to continue to see those rising crime numbers. Well, and he's he's not supporting law enforcement at all. As governor, I'm going to go in. I'm going to replace the parole board, replace the heads of public safety, uh, corrections, and the Justice Department. I'm going to cancel our status as a sanctuary state, stop this catch-and-release attitude, and fix bail reform and fully fund law enforcement. It'll be the first dollar I spend. We've got to go all in on fixing the crime tsunami that he created by signing bad bills. How specifically can you can you do that? Do you have to have a change of power in the state legislature or are there things? And if so, what things can you do to help with this situation as soon as you take office if you get elected? Well, I tell you what, we'll figure it out. We'll we'll do whatever we have to do to give our law enforcement folks the tools and resources they need to do their job. And we'll roll back whatever we can, whether we have the legislature or not. But we've got to give the law enforcement folks the ability to do their jobs, clean up the streets, keep bad guys in jail, 
I mean, it's just insane what's going on out there. And it's not good for our kids, for their future, for our communities. We've got to have law and order back in place here. And he didn't give any solutions last night or any reason um, to believe that he's going to take us to top 10 safest state in the country. He's had control of the legislature and the governor's mansion for four years. And things have gotten incredibly worse. So why on earth would we believe that now he wants a second term to fix the problems that he created to try and fix them? He's not going to be able to, but to try and fix them with his bad policies. So there's a couple things I want to address real quick. Um, let's say let's say you got elected today, okay? And let's say three months into your, uh, your uh, term as governor, a pandemic strikes. How would you handle that differently than Polis did specifically? Well, I would be very honest and authentic with people about the reality we are facing and what the science is showing and not just do a, an immediate power grab and keep people shut down and quarantined and mandated. You know, I trust the people of Colorado. I trust business owners. I trust parents to make good decisions for their lives, their business, their family. That's the Colorado way of life here. It's not to mandate control and do dirty work through your bureaucrats and the public health department, the transportation department, to keep everybody suppressed and drive the economy down. You know that we had 30% more businesses, small businesses shut down in the first half of this year. That's a sign that people don't have confidence. We also saw a report come out from the CU Business School that said business owners are very pessimistic in Colorado right now. So it's not it's not a good time for small business owners, for um, kids coming out of the pandemic. We've got to give people back control of their lives. That's the number one thing we can do. So you wouldn't have shut businesses down, which I agree with. But but what specifically steps could the government have taken to keep people safe during those initial stages until we figured out that ultimately this is going to be a pandemic that we all just kind of have to go through? Let's let's you know, do the best we can. And I realize we're all looking at this from, from the backwards position, right? Like we're, the, we're, we're able to armchair quarterback this now having gone through something and seen it. But what would you have done differently that would have been steps you would have thought maybe would take into account, let's keep people safe by doing X, Y, and Z while also keeping businesses open? Well, I, I believe that we should have shut down for the first couple of weeks until we got a grip on what was actually going on. And then most of us were, you know, informed that the most vulnerable were our elderly, folks in nursing homes, and, you know, in the beginning, the young people. But once we realized that it was mostly affecting those with health issues or the elderly, we could have focused on keeping them safe and give options or freedom for other people to make good decisions for themselves about whether they wanted to go out, whether they wanted to get vaccinated. I wouldn't have fired healthcare workers because they made a decision about their healthcare choice. I would not have told parents to shut down, shut sit down and shut up like Jefferson County and some other counties did and, you know, deny them their um, opinion that their kids were suffering, which we're now seeing was a huge mistake. I would have given parents choices. You can stay home and do education via Zoom or you can go have your kids go to the classroom and wear a mask and distance, whatever we needed to do to honor the mental health of our kids, but then to also protect their physical health. But let parents decide that, not unelected bureaucrats that aren't on the front lines um, kind of seeing the effects on these kids. Um, one of the other issues that I think has happened in, in a short order of time since Polis has been governor, but, but also I think it started a little before him, 
you know, 10, 15 years ago, Colorado was known as a state where it was very easy to start a business. Um, it was very uh, attractive to start a business. It's a state that a lot of people come to visit, so it's obviously worth the risk starting a business here. Uh, at least it was. But over time, it's gotten increasingly more difficult to start businesses. There's new laws that will take effect in January that concern the pay of people that are working, how much you can pay your workers. Basically, the state of Colorado is deciding what labor is worth as opposed to the market, so to speak. What would you do on day one to make it easier for businesses to take the risk that comes along with starting a business, putting all of your assets into this idea? What would you do to make it easier for businesses to get started back up? Since, as you pointed out accurately, so many small businesses have been crushed by the current governor's actions. Well, the most important thing we can do is get out of their way. And we have added so many regulations and fees and taxes and social programs. It's, it's becoming almost impossible to keep track of all of it as a business owner. And we've got to do what we can to make sure the business owners can decide for themselves how to provide employee benefits to the folks that work for them, how best to treat their customers. That goes back to trusting people again to make good decisions for their business, their employees, their customers. That should be the highest priority. You, you and you and your husband are are business owners. What is something that jumps off the page to you that you go, "That's freaking ridiculous that we have to do this to jump through this hoop that needs to stop?" Well, a couple things. One, we saw an incredible amount of fraud through unemployment and the unemployment program in the state during the pandemic. And the federal COVID funds that came in could have been used to fill up those coffers. And instead, he did a little of that, but then he passed. He's passing on a lot of the increased costs because of the fraud. So unemployment insurance rates are going to skyrocket for small business owners. Another example is the 27 cent delivery fee. Um, that he snuck into the transportation bill that is being, you know, passed on to consumers now. And this is, you know, pretty ironic that we just got named number one in porch pirates across the country. So you're paying a 27 cent delivery fee for that package. It gets stolen. Then you have to (laughs) order the package again. Then you pay the delivery fee again. It's just, you know, it's comedy of errors at this point. And he's just nickel and diming us to death when inflation in Colorado is costing the average family an extra $11,700 a year right now. That's almost $1,000 a month. That is that is insane to think about. Like the, the other day I went to the grocery store, Heidi, and uh, I think I I can't remember exactly what the list was, but it was something that should have under normal circumstances probably cost me about 45, 50 bucks. It was $90. And, you know, I, I'm blessed and, you know, we can afford it, um, doesn't mean we have to like it, but we can afford it. But my thoughts were like, what about people that are just barely getting by? I mean, I've had to work hard to get to the point where I'm at right now where I can afford that. And I think 10, 15 years ago, when I was in the midst of that working hard, how much harder have we raised the bar for these folks that are just trying to get ahead and try to establish something for their family? And and we're just crushing them, you know, and it's it's the, it, it, the I don't even know what can be done about it at this point because I kind of feel like we're in a place where it's almost too late. The Fed has been acting very irresponsibly up until now. Our Congress has been acting responsibly. When is the last time U.S. Congress actually passed a budget? Right? 
Like both parties are responsible for this. They can't even do their basic responsibilities. So it's no wonder we're sitting in this situation. But it's maddening, Heidi. I mean, when you're talking about that kind of money, how are people surviving? It just it breaks my heart for people that are working really hard. It does, and that's why I've made a, a bold um, a bold idea I'm going to put into play, zero income tax. We're going to take Colorado to zero income tax over my two terms, so over some time. They did this in Tennessee. Tennessee had a 6% state income tax, and over six years they went to zero, and it's one of the most um, incredibly um, busy and vibrant economies in the country now. And Independence Institute came out last week after doing a deep dive on my plan and Jared Polis's plan to go to zero income tax and said, my plan will work. It will work. It's ambitious, but I, you know, that's how I do things. I, wanna, I don't want to nibble around the edges. I want to put more money back into the people of Colorado's pockets. And that's my plan to go to zero income tax. All right, Heidi, thanks so much for your time. Um, are, how many more debates are there? Is there one more? Two more. Two more. Okay. And when are those coming yep. up? Um, this Sunday in Colorado Springs, it'll be on TV on KOAA TV at six o'clock. And then the next one is in Grand Junction, I believe, on October 25th. He didn't show up to the Club 20 debate, but he got his uh, his friends uh, at the Grand Junction Sentinel to host <laughs> another one. So uh, we'll be doing that on October 25th in Grand Junction. Before I let you go, I only have about a minute and a half, but I do want you to address uh, why you chose not to uh, debate him on Channel 9 here in Denver. Uh, he's not a journalist. He's an activist, and he's treated Republican women specifically very, very badly. And so I've always taught my daughters that uh, with bullies or people who are treating you in a sexist manner, the best thing to do is take the oxygen out of the room. Don't pay attention to them. Don't give them ratings. Don't give Kyle Clark eyeballs. And so you know, we have four other debates planned. Uh, we had a great debate last night on CBS, and Sean Boyd and Jesse Paul did a great job of moderating. They were fair. That's how we do it. Heidi, thank you. We'll talk again soon, okay? Thank you. All right, Heidi Ganahl. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.